Grace and peace are yours in abundance in your knowledge of God and your Savior, Jesus Christ. God's word for us today comes from the Gospel lesson. At the very beginning of Mark chapter 1, verse 14, we hear, After John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee proclaiming the Gospel of God and saying, The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the Gospel. This is God's Word. The inaugural ceremony is a defining moment in a president's career. And no one knew this better than John F. Kennedy as he prepared for his own inauguration on January 20th, 1961. He wanted his address to be short, clear, and devoid of partisan rhetoric. The climax of the speech contains its most memorable phrase. Ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. It's one of the most well-known lines in American history. Still resonating some 63 years later. When Jesus steps on the scene, at the beginning of Mark's Gospel, he's stepping into something like an inauguration. At the very least, Mark records Jesus' first words as he enters his office as Messiah. And the impact of those words is even greater than an inaugural address. Jesus says, The time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the good news. More than 2,000 years later, these words still resonate. Indeed, repent and believe in the gospel is the substance of the message proclaimed in Jesus' name by his church to all people. It always has been. And it always will be until he returns. There's just one problem. It's a message that is almost always resisted and resented by the human heart. Years ago, the TV show Happy Days featured a character, the Fonz. Arthur Fonzarelli. The Fonz was Mr. Cool. He had the ability to do everything well. Everything except say that he was wrong. The best he could do was say, I was I was Now when Henry Winkler, the actor who played the Fonz, got stuck on his admission of guilt, it was humorous. Not so much because it sounded funny, but more because we recognize the difficulty the Fonz was having. The problem of Jesus' inaugural message is simple. A person who needs to repent is a person who's done something to repent of. 
the world likes to soften these repentable acts by renaming them, calling them errors, mistakes, lapses in judgment. But the Bible doesn't play that game and labels these acts for what they are, sin. Sin which drives a wedge between the Creator and His disobedient children. Sin which, if left untreated, calls for condemnation and final separation. That sounds pretty harsh, doesn't it? Of course it does. Especially when we've become used to the idea that Jesus loves us just the way we are, especially if we've convinced ourselves that the Lord up above would never, could never send anyone to hell, especially if you believe that nobody, and I mean nobody, has the right to judge us and tell us to repent. Indeed, so strong is the average person's aversion to repenting that some Christian pulpits have decided it's in their best interest to stop talking about sin and repentance and condemnation. Pastors have found people like them better. Their arenas are more full. And people give more. If they preach a message that refrains from confrontation, that refrains from accusation, there's no question it's successful from a worldly standpoint. But the question is, is it right? The story is told of a church who had a new pastor. And this new pastor believed in calling for repentance for proclaiming the forgiveness that comes only through faith in Jesus Christ. And he did a good job, a great job, as a matter of fact. But even so, there were some people who were upset with his directness. And so one day, a delegation made an appointment to come see him. They came in, shut the door, never a good sign, and began, Pastor, you're a great guy, but could you find a way to tone it down? All this talk about sin and hell, repentance and remorse, you're scaring people. This isn't how you attract new people. The pastor listened, listened patiently to the people and then asked that they would excuse him for just a moment. He left came back from the supply closet with a bottle of bleach and he set the bleach down on his desk and the pastor said, I'll be glad to do what you suggest if you will do me a favor. I'd like you to go home, take your bottle of bleach, soak the label off, soak all the warnings off, then take a marker and write apple juice. Stick it in your fridge. Do we have a deal? The visitors were shocked. Pastor, How can you ask us to do such a thing? Our children might just read the words and take a drink. It could kill them. 
I agree, replied the pastor. But do you see, that's what you're asking me to do. I can't relabel sin when I know that it's deadly. When the church and her servants are being faithful, the message remains the same. The time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Did you hear Jesus' call to repentance? He calls on them to leave their old ways, their old sins, their old disobedience behind and be turned to faith. Faith in the truth that Jesus' perfect life, His innocent, sin-bearing death, His glorious resurrection from the dead secures forgiveness of sins and new life. Today, it's common for people to say Jesus loves everybody. He would never send anyone to hell. And you know, those words are true. They are true if they are properly understood. Jesus does not have to send anybody to hell. Every sinner in the world is headed there already. That's not my opinion. It's a fundamental fact of Scripture. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. In another location it says the soul that sins will die. Yet another spot it reads, death spread to all men because all sinned. Jesus is not going to send anyone to hell. Their sins are. so that we could be freed from that inevitable conclusion. Jesus was born into this world on a mission. If sin is no big deal, He could have saved Himself a trip. But Jesus came because sin and its consequences are so big, so tragic, so overwhelming that the triune God decided Jesus would die so that all who believed on Him, in Him, as Savior might be rescued and have their destination changed. Heaven instead of hell. Jesus loves us just the way we are. He never leaves us just the way we are. He took our sins to the cross of Calvary where they can never condemn us again. St. Paul said it best. He wrote, If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. And all this is from God. End quote. And that's the key. All this is from God. 
The message, repent and believe the gospel, is from God. The Savior, who did everything necessary in order to make reconciliation possible, is from God. Your life situation, setting the stage for you to hear the good news this morning, is from God. And the ability to repent of sin is from God, and the ability to believe the good news is from God. Paul writes, all this is from God. Let him do it. Let him give what is from him. Let his first words in office be the last word on your soul. Repent and believe the gospel and in so doing, hear this. Your every sin is fully forgiven in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.